There's a story, is it true? The Kiwi has a brother. The Aussies call him Emu. He runs around all Uluru. They've been mates, that wingless pair, the ones up here and ones down there. A pair of Anzacs stuck like glue, the Kiwi and the Emu. Hello and welcome to the Kiwi and the Emu, a podcast exploring the experience of blind and vision impaired Australasians living through the corona experience. Two countries, two different approaches with similar outcomes, the Kiwi and the Emu. And it's the 3rd of September. Welcome to the Kiwi and the Emu with Carolyn Pete, myself, Elise Lonsdale. How are you, Carolyn? I'm doing good, thank you very much. Guess it's cold here today, though. Ah, uh, is it? Well, okay. Why is it cold? Ah, because it's spring, and spring's never warm yeah. in, in New Zealand. Well, we can blame the South Island for this. It's a cold snap that's come up from them. Well, of course, I'm outside because it mean the beginning of spring here in Melbourne is usually a good time, and we're on the fabulous porch, so you might get some birdies again today because I've been in my little room makeshift makeshift office that I've got in the corner of my bedroom that I've been running my business from and doing a number of episodes from here but I (laughs) I decided to migrate back out to the porch today so we are here and guess who's in the corona chair today who is it I wonder we'll find out just after we've had a quick check in after the usual sort of roundup here in Victoria we got down to 70 cases on the weekend oh actually no earlier this week 73 then 70 another day we had 90 today we're back up to uh, 113 but we're not going to dramatize it like the ABC do because they there some of the reporting was a bit worrying it took us a minute to find out what the what the um, numbers were on Sunday Karen and I was stressing that it because it was supposedly way over 100 yeah that was also 113 because the day before it was down to sort of 93 and that's only 20 greater than the day before you we probably passed 20 people in the street going down the shops earlier that day who knows um so we're waiting for daniel andrews the victorian premier to to announce his roadmap out of um out of stage three slash four lockdown here in victoria uh, there has been an older draft of that leaked by the uh, to the Herald Sun newspaper earlier today, which has been causing a bit of uh, angst around. So we may have this lockdown for the majority of September, sadly. What's happening over there? Um, I didn't actually catch up with their numbers today, but they, they seem to be lowering down, but they're all connected to either people coming back from overseas, so they're already in... Um, isolation or there's this one particular cluster that we've got in the Auckland area but what's been the big story around here is um, it appears our government doesn't even know its own regulations for (laughs) setting us Auckland at level 2.5 as they're calling it Mm. Um, they put that we're not allowed to have mass gatherings of any more than 10 people in the Auckland region. They're telling Aucklanders if they travel out of the region that they've got to behave like Aucklanders in other regions. So don't go to mass gatherings. But the problem is none of these mass gatherings have included conferences. Ah. And And now Aucklanders are being told that they can't go to a major technology conference that's happening here in uh, Queenstown right. because um, the minister perceives it as socialising. Because um, you have an Auckland address, you're a pariah. 
Yeah, but but also people have done some digging around and they said, well, there's nothing that says you can't attend conferences. So there's a big battle going. <laughs> well, we better watch that one over the next few days and see what happens there. <laughs> Meanwhile, around Australia, we still have a bit of a, a standoff with the federal government and the state government over aged care. And although they've been trying to be polite to one another, our Prime Minister Scott Morrison isn't getting on terribly well with chairman down down here in victoria i think the relationship isn't as uh well it's somewhat more strained uh, they're trying to put a, a public face on it but uh, um the other state premiers seem to be doing okay uh, particularly gladys berejiklian in new south wales uh the big score of the week is um is Anastasia Palaget, the Queensland Premier, has scored the AFL Grand Final for the first time in history. It will be played outside of Victoria and in, of all places, the heartland of rugby rugby territory, of course, mm. Queensland at the Gabba, in Wollongabba. So mm. what do you know about that? This is difficult times for the football fans. It is. Perth yes. missed out, so Mark McGowan over there in Perth isn't too wrapped. But there again, he's got his border stitched up so tight that no one can get in or out. So they opted for <laughs> Queensland instead with a, a, with a ground in South Australia as a, as a backup. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, Ooh. so that's the roundup. We have somebody in the corona chair, but I have to have a co-host, a new co-host, who's made a cameo appearance on this show before. Welcome, Mama Kaz Lonsdale. Good, uh, good evening and afternoon, I guess, with a bit of a time difference. Um, hello, ladies. How are you? We're good, Carolyn. We're good. Yes. We're good. That's good. Yes. Um, yeah. I hear you, as you said, Carolyn, it's going to be a bit cold over there this evening. Um, <laughs> and Elise is out on the porch and I'm tucked up. Nice and warm. <laughs> in the sun's so, coming in through um, your bedroom window. I can see it from here. Wow, there you go. So, um, yeah. So, well, it's uh, coming in. It's gone behind a cloud. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the, well, the sun's just gone down here. So, um, we're, that, we're that it's, it it's dark. Yeah. 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 Yes. Two hour time not, difference. Not my favourite time of the day. Um, mm. No. I, I'm a big. I'm a big favourite of um, daylight savings. So Me too. We've only got. Bring it on in another month. I'll be very happy. Month for us. We we got three weeks to go. Yes. Three weeks for us. Yes, they start a week early. And we have this one week of the year where New Zealand is three weeks in front of us uh, here on the East Coast. (laughs) Well, 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 three weeks. Three weeks. They can well, three weeks in front of you. I like that. Sorry, three hours in. Sorry, three hours in front of us. Three hours in front of us. Forty years behind us. Oh dear! Come on. <laughs> come on, come on, come oh, on. Oh, next you'll be calling me a japper. <laughs> well, we had that conversation early today. Yes, just another fine Aucklander, and as I said yes. in that conversation, I also knew an Australian who lived. Sorry, an Australian who lived in Auckland, and he thought of himself as a double-coated japper because that can also mean just another beep Australian. Right. Okay. Mm. That's I'll leave what... that one with you too. <laughs> yeah, ask people who have lived in in Kiwiland. That's L E N D. Of course, Karen's yeah. with us today because guess who's in the Corona chair? Carol and Pete. And she is an accomplished toastmaster and she's worked for the Blind Foundation doing not just the survey but has had a important role uh, being a board employee to do whatever it was you did that year. Um organizing people and, and communicating with people you've also worked in the uh i think it was the how was it the housing sector when you worked at the um the tenancy tribunal you've had jobs in legal firms so quite an accomplished lady yes it was a tenancy tribunal tri- um that's right in, 
it, that I was working for. So um, we did uh, handled landlord tenant matters. Yep, and Carolyn does work at Dining in the Dark. When well, we'll, we'll hopefully return there when that reopens at some point. Uh, in Auckland, the Melbourne one has uh, suddenly uh, has has not reopened, but and nor will it. But the Auckland one is slated to do so, hopefully sometime next year. So that sounds like a good excuse to go for another holiday, sis. I reckon. Oh yes, I've already got that mapped out. I've had two yeah. trips to, uh, to New Zealand scotched already this year. I'm not going to have another one scotched. Well, probably won't get time to get it in this year. But the moment we can do it, I shut the business for six weeks, and I'm a goner. Sounds mm-hmm. good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Very exciting. Mm, thank you, sis. Carolyn Pete, welcome to the Corona Chair. Thank you. So what was life like for you before Mad March? I was very busy before Mad March. On the work front, I had a couple of positions. Uh, firstly, as mentioned, I was working for Dunanoir here in Auckland, the Dining in the Dark concept at Ridges Hotel. And that work was Thursday, Fridays and Saturdays on a roster. Um, and I also had a contract job where I was appointed by the Minister of Social Development here in New Zealand to what is called the Benefits Review Committee. And that's a committee that if people want to argue the toss over decisions that have been made around their benefits that they've been given, they have a right to bring it to this Benefits Review Committee, which is made up of a staff member from Work and Income, which is the organisation that pays the benefits, the Ministry of Social Development, which is the overseer of Work and Income, and then they have a community rep, and that's where I come in. And um, so we get the paperwork prior to the hearing, and it is like a hearing situation, and then we go along and we sit and we listen to both sides of the story and read the paperwork and make a decision. And our decision is basically the final decision. So, um, oh, that's very fair enough. So basically when yeah. there's a dispute, uh, you get to make a ruling and there have been times that sometimes it works in the favour of the person uh, putting the complaint in, or the right. complainant, or the plaintiff, do you use that term? In, or is it not a big enough Oh uh, No, not so much. It's, it's, it's more relaxed, more but there relaxed, are times yeah. where it's worked in favour of the person, yep. um, the client, or other times in favour of the department. But there have also been times where we, we are permitted to actually make suggestions. Right. And sometimes you get situations where... Policy doesn't quite take into account some circumstances. circumstances yes, yep. And so we can actually make a recommendation that they consider something, um, which is a lot more power than some of the managers have got. Right. Oh, that's interesting. And are those, yeah. are those decisions binding? They are binding, yes. Okay, yep. yep. So quite yep. a powerful and, and responsible position in which to be. Yes, mm. it, it is because you, you have to make your decision based on law, based on policy, but also then you're able to base it on other factors as well. 
Interesting stuff. So, so it is. Now you're still doing those or not? Are you doing those on Zoom or um, are they being cancelled? I haven't had I haven't had anything since since lockdown. So um, there's been nothing happening there, and I think that's because the offices are simply not over, open, mm. and it would be difficult in some circumstances to do that kind of thing on Zoom. It's more of a face to face situation. Yeah. But on the other other things, I was doing Toastmasters, yep. as you mentioned, yep. uh, heavily involved in the Mangakiki Club. Yes. And I also am involved with Blind Citizens New Zealand Auckland branch. Mm-hmm. And um, before, before lockdown and for the majority of this year, I had two roles. I was their represent, I am their representative on two accessibility groups for public transport with Auckland Transport, which is part of our council here that runs the public transport system in Auckland. Sure, yep. And that's a paid position. And I also was the branch representative for Auckland Branch. So what that means was I communicate national issues back to my branch. Right, yep. So, yeah, I had quite, quite a Quite a lot to life. do. Now, some of that's still happening now on Zoom, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes. But there was also something else that happened for my family. Yes, there to, was. Prior to lockdown, because 2020 has not just been a hellish year because of the coronavirus and lockdown and everything. But um, on the 9th of January, my dad went out to lock up the garage mm-hmm. to get ready for dinner and bits and pieces and he didn't come back inside yep my mum wondered what was going on why he was taking so long and she looks out to see him lying on the ground and somehow he had had a fall and he actually broke his femur Ouch. on Largest his left leg yeah mm. just right Ooh. above the knee and it's it actually splintered it was a very nasty break oh yeah. and since then, he's basically been in and out of hospital, in um, old age care for rehab, and he's only been home now about four weeks. So for the majority oh, of the man. year, yeah, he's been away, away from home. And are your, are your parents both sighted, Carolyn? Yes, they are. They yes. are. Yes. And my, my, dad, my dad has um, had his 86th birthday in hospital. So. Oh, bless him. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, it's been quite a challenging year. Yes, Sam, with that going on, and and when we get to the lockdown, I'll tell you about some of the challenges with that too. Indeed, yes. Being a a single blind woman yourself, um, and obviously you're a representative of a lot of things yourself. So obviously you're on the other side of of things. But were you Mm. offered? Have you been offered any extra help? Um, and, and again, with your parents, maybe, you know, having to, um, were you able to visit them because we had lockdown? Were they able to visit you? Because I know the lockdowns here in aged care have just been horrendous. Um, and obviously not being able to just get in your car and, and you know, go and see them when, when you wanted to. How, how has that sort of, um, you know, again, it's affected you because your parents are ill. Obviously, that's a big issue. Yes. But your access yes. to how far away from, from you are, are they? And, and again, yeah, what, what? What, what what were you allowed? Where were you allowed to go, and where weren't you? Oh, bubbles. Well, this is yeah. Well, this is we can we can move into the lockdown because uh, stuff for me started to actually happen before 
our level four not lockdown was actually, was actually announced because dad had been moved in late February uh, from Auckland Hospital across to an old aged care place not too far from us. And um, he was there for his rehab. And basically at that point, he was not permitted to put any weight on the leg for the next 12 weeks. So he was completely bedridden for that, for that 12 weeks. And so they, they sent him to this facility. Now, that week, that weekend of the 20th, 21st of March, the week prior to that, a lot of the old age care facilities went into total lockdown. The same, the so, same yeah. Yeah, so mum went to see him on the Sunday and basically on the Monday we got the notification we were in lockdown, you can't visit. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And nobody in, wow. basically. Yeah, um, and mum lives 10 minutes from me and I'd been going with her to see dad uh, several times a week. And, um, but they were, I have to say, very good at notifying us as to what's what. And we were able to keep in touch with him by um, video calls. They set up video oh, calls through it. WhatsApp and yeah. that. Yep. So, yeah. um, and, and they bought devices. Oh, that's, that's really a big good. thing, isn't it, for the elderly, the elderies, um, with with all this new technology, isn't it? Um, it's something that they've been thrown into, isn't it? You know, you may have spoken yep. to them briefly once or twice for some reason, but to that now be sometimes their their only contact with the outside world. Um, mm. That on its own scary, let alone what exactly is going on around them. Well, what this facility did, which was very good, because they recognised that a lot of their patients would not have any experience or any knowledge of using yeah. the technology. So they brought the tablets and etc. and they would set it up and arrange times with family for the calls. So then basically they just set it up and told the elderly people just to hold it yeah. in a certain way mm. and so that they could see and have their calls. So they didn't have to worry about how does this work? What do I do? Um, it was taken out of their hands, yep. which was really good. And so, some of that, there probably were some funny moments in those as well, I guess. You know, <laughs> Holding yes. the phone upside down or something? <laughs> are, they, yes. are they dressed properly? Have they got their teeth in? Have they got their pants on? Oops, have they got their own yeah, pants oops. on? All those sorts have of they, things. Have they got <laughs> their hearing aids on? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Oh, well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that he's on the mend, but, yeah, a long haul for everybody, isn't it? So... It, 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 is a very, it is a very long haul. But, um, but also that weekend of the 21st, uh, uh, 20th, 21st, was the first sort of indication we knew that things were going to change. And even with dining in the dark, we started that weekend to do the social distancing. Mm. So we were still operating, yep. um, but in a different way but we were able to manage it. And it's interesting, our style of operation that we tried is now being done in both the restaurants in Bordeaux and in Paris oh, because they came to us and said, how did you guys do it? Because you guys did it. Mm. Yeah, oh, we were man. supposed to go on the 19th, but we cancelled that here in Melbourne. Um, but uh, mm. obviously it really shut down in both places you know, on that uh, yes. sort of mad 21st, 22nd, 23rd type weekend. Yeah, mm. 
Well, I mean, when it got announced and we knew, um, the plan was Ridges had said to us initially, look, we'll try for opening in September, but there's no guarantees. Um, but of course, that, that's gone by the by, mm -hmm. but um, they are determined for us to restart. Oh, that's good. Yeah, of course, mm. the franchise slash ownership arrangement's different in New Zealand than it was to Melbourne, so... Yes. yes, obviously it's it's planning to continue there. So, mm. so into into March, we're now sort of got this sudden change, and as Karen and Murray described, and other people in in Auckland, you know, we you're only really at, at stage three for about a day or so, and then on Monday afternoon, Jacinta announced this stage four was going to come into effect. I think around about the Wednesday, and that was it. Yes. Bang, crash, wallop. No Uber Eats on nothing for four or five odd weeks. How did you cope, and what about these bubbles? Um, well, I I made sure I had plenty of supplies in that because the supermarket online shopping went absolutely berserk over here. I hope you had plenty of chocolate, Carolyn. Oh yes. But I we they organised very quickly priority for delivery. They didn't do a priority shopping hour as such, but um, priority for online orders. Uh, at, uh, we've told stories on this podcast before, and I was one of the crew sitting at midnight waiting for it to tick over to, to get oh, a, to slot find a slot seven yes. days out. Seven days out, yes. I think Mary Snackenberg <laughs> talked about that and some of the other Aucklanders have, have talked about that uh, from New Zealand. Yes, yes. yes. Um, but um, on the Wednesday night, um, of course, that was some um, my brother's birthday, so we're not exactly going to forget that. So no. I ordered an Uber Eats for the final time in honour of his because him and about five minutes after I ordered the Uber Eats, we got this notification, Uber Eats will be closed. It closed oh, no. about 11 o'clock that and night, I, I think, you, for memory. I've heard you mention that in... Um, a lot of the other interviews as well, Carolyn, that that's been a really, yeah. big, it was a really big thing for you. Um, <laughs> you know, it's been built up with some of the other people, but you have definitely dominated. Um, it's a big thing for know, a lot of blindies, Uber Eats. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I think it, it's, thing. yeah. I think it's many, because um, I mean, when you think about the delivery fee, I mean, for most local restaurants around me, the minimum delivery fee is three dollars ninety nine. Yep. You could you could not go in a taxi through a drive through and back oh, home no. again That's for that no. price. Absolutely. So, right, so well, you know, just even getting a taxi home from work and going, you know, when I was in Palmerston North, I'd go around to the late the Maccas sometimes if I was working late back and I'd go, Right, Maccas drive through home. Don't know what mm. that put on the fare. I mm. can't remember now. But yeah, it's yep. it's good value for money. And my and my first encounter of Uber Eats was actually at your place. Yes. It was with <laughs> Karen Murray and Anne that night. Yeah. Yep. My brother was quite fascinated with the fact that you could order McDonald's and have it delivered. Yes. And that was the first thing I ever had on Uber Eats was that particular night at Macca's, uh, at, at your that house. That would be the last thing I would get delivered on Uber Eats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've had fish and chips. We've had Chinese back at my place in Ringwood. Yeah. We've had pizza. Mine would, be, mine would be fish and chips maybe, definitely Chinese and probably alcohol. 
Yeah. Oh, and Thai food. Oh, you can get Thai food and you can get alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can get everything. If you yeah. if you load that up mm-hmm. at my place next time you're over, Karen, um, you can uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll see all sorts of things on it. Actually, the first night we moved into my place, it was had my address still set to one of my other addresses in Melbourne. It was when I was staying at um, East Melbourne. Oh, I with remember De- that. Yeah, Debbie, yeah. No, Debbie no, I was there. Oh, and I was not in a good mood. It was the most expensive dinner ever in the end. Yes, well, I think we <laughs> yes. sent somebody. We did. Yeah, I ended up paying for it in the end in oh, the second you? one. Oh, did you? Yeah, I think. <laughs> oh, okay, because I remember, I think somebody went out to get it because none of us knew where any good shops were and I think somebody brought back no. something. We, were all, yeah, it was no, we, we ended up, after we realised that the other one had been delivered to Deb's but no one was even home to get no. it. <laughs> Deb and, came back uh, to a cold we meal. We ordered another one, but we ended up ordering it mm. on my app, so I ended up paying for it. And by the time it came, it was like, God, I don't even know if I really want it now. I'm so angry. Yeah. Angry, hungry, mm. tired. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was not a non-eventful Uber. Uber mm. And I sort of banned it for three months after that, and then I thought, oh, I'd better soften yeah. up and start using it again, <laughs> which I did. And re- reset your app to the right address. I, yeah, well, I did. Yes. Yeah, here here yeah. comes the rain. Yeah, well, oh, okay. Well, um, I'm also, I'm with the the terminology out here so we got told to stay in our bubbles basically and anybody over the age of 70 was told stay at home don't go out yeah 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 and and mum was like well i need to go out i need to get milk i need to get bread i'm on my own righty right and um she would do that but we were able to in some cases you were able to have what's called an extended bubble so if you were offering support yep to another individual you could do that so what it meant was you could go to their place to drop things off but not necessarily stick around for a real social chit chat or whatever so mum and I would work between our two places I would order stuff for her she would perhaps get me milk if I ran out of milk and and so uh, we were able to go between our two places and do that kind of thing yeah yeah. Oh, so this, and they yeah. use the term a lot more than we ever used it here, bubbles, because it was really just your yes. household and someone else's, wasn't it? So, well, ca- got a yes, clusters here where they were using, weren't they? Uh, clusters, I, th- yeah. mm, I thought that was more towards yeah. the the outbreak part yeah. of it. Not- we ha- we had clusters, and but yeah. that 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 was more more for the cases, the, cases, the not so much groups. people out in the suburbs yeah. who are harmless. Yeah, the bu- the bubbles were referring to households basically. Mm. So Karen and, and Murray um, used her parents and you used yes. your parents, well, your mum, really, yes. because Dad was yeah, still man. in hospital. With things going on online, Toastmasters went online, Zoom became a yes. household name, and, and you took me to Mangakiki Toastmasters. I think it was the first meeting yes. in April, which which was really good. Yes. I did enjoy um, being back in a New Zealand club. It was cool. Um, after sort of signing up again with um, Toastmasters Without Borders, and I really haven't done anything with it. But, um, yeah, it definitely... Um, going to Mangakiki Toastmasters, other things went online and can you talk us through some of that and what happened I guess the fortnight after that particular meeting I attended? Yes, um, well yeah, we, we, as, as Elise said a lot of things went online including Toastmasters and that gave you the ability to actually go and visit other clubs from not only around country but around the world because a lot of them went online um also the competitions went online oh yes which was Kylie discussed that didn't she Kylie did Mm. yes and I my other meetings with blind citizens meetings went online with zoom but I also got to experience Microsoft Teams as well because the Auckland um, transport 
meetings were not permitted by Auckland Council to be on Zoom, so we had to use Teams. Right. Um, but so that was an interesting experience. Um, not awful, but not not as, as nice as Zoom. Yeah, Zoom ticks right. a lot of boxes accessibility-wise, and we've had that conversation in you know in the context of statewide vision resource and because they wanted the education department wanted us to use another platform, and we had to use Zoom for accessibility reasons. Well, well, interestingly enough, too, um, I went to a New Zealand Transport Authority meeting. Um, just the other week yep. out of Wellington and they quickly diverted to Zoom. They were originally going to be using Teams but one of the participants required an NZSL, so New Zealand Sign Language Interpreter mm -hmm. and the actual visuals for doing sign language is better on Zoom oh, okay. than on Teams yep. and it's easier for the interpreters to see. Right. Um, so that's why they changed to Zoom. Right. Never mind the poor blind person who has to tab yeah. through and use the hotkeys to get Zoom to do stuff as opposed yeah. to other platforms. Right. Uh, what happened for us, um, in April, the decision was made to move Dad from the old aged care facility that he was in yep. because of, he was now able to perhaps put weight on his leg. Uh, back to Auckland City Hospital for his rehab. Mm -hmm. Now, the night of the 21st of April is etched oh, in my yes. family's brain. Uh, and, uh, and I was one I, of the privileged few to get some private messages at the time, yes. Yeah. Yes, it was the yes, second night well, of the Toastmasters in April. Yes, I remember it well. Yes, yeah. I, I'd logged on to the meeting and I had the role of grammarian that night. And for those that aren't involved in Toastmasters, that particular role is you choose a word for the night mm. and then you have to present that word to the club, what the meaning is, and encourage people in the club to use it that night. You're also looking for grammatical errors <laughs> like ums, ahs, and buts, fillers. and sos, fillers. And you are looking for phrasing, good phrasing. I usually good say interesting uses of the English language is how yes, I phrase it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, I had just delivered the word for the night mm. and my landline rang. Mm. And so I had to mute myself and take the call. And it was mum. And she had heard from the hospital and they wanted us to come up straight away to visit Dad. Mm. Now, we're in Level 4. There was no hospital visiting in Level 4. So when you get a call like that yeah. in Level yeah. 4, it's usually because they yeah. don't believe yeah. the person. Yeah. And as it turned out, my dad had developed a horrendous urine infection. Mm. Oh. And... The doctor blatantly said straight out, I don't believe he's going to last the next 24 hours. Wow. And Unbelievable. So mum said to them, well, I'm on my own. Mm. My daughter's blind. Can I bring her with me? And they said, yes, you can. Yep. So yep. I was permitted to co to go with her, oh, which was good, because yep. we could go by taxi. So you had to exit the meeting? Um, exit the meeting. But before I even could organise the taxi and leave, I had to ring my brother oh, and yes. tell him mm. that Dad may not make it and he can't go and visit him. 
That would have been terrible. That was... I remember getting your private messages and hearing the pain in your voice on WhatsApp that night. That was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had to do some hard stuff in my life. Ooh. I had to tell Dad years ago when Mum had um, surgery and they discovered that she had bowel cancer. Mm. Thankfully, she survived that. That was horrendous, telling Dad that. Mm. But having to tell your own brother that your dad may not make it. And you can't and go. you can't actually go. Oh, that would be too um, awful was horrific mm -hmm. and um, so we went up there and of course we had to put on the face mask we didn't have to put gloves or anything like that on but the staff were in full PPE yeah. around him mm. um, and um, so we went up he was not aware that he was that serious wow. uh, so, so of course we never said a word we just said oh they said we could come and visit he didn't have a clue yeah yeah. He really didn't yeah. have a clue mm. of, you know, what the regulations were or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So in a way, that, that was a blessing. Yeah. Uh, um, and um, so we spent a couple of hours and then left him thinking, well, that's probably it. it. Yeah. But my dad's a guy with nine lives because oh, yes. <laughs> we've <laughs> been down this road before, once before with him, with something else, and uh, he's, he pulled through. Sounds but, like my mother-in-law. Every time he went down, he he got up twice as twice as fast and yep. yeah, kept, kept, kept going. <laughs> I think going, he did yep. his nine lives eventually. But um, oh yeah, very, very scary, isn't it? Very scary. Very scary. But as a result, though, it left him extremely weak. He lost yeah. a horrendous amount of weight, right, yeah. and he's now got a permanent catheter as a I result. Know. Yeah. Um and. It slowed down his rehab considerably. He wasn't able yes. to get up and walk for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And he will never be able to walk normally ever again anyway, mm -hmm. um, as it is. Um, but, um, yeah, it really knocked him back quite a bit. Gosh. Yes, I remember it very, very um, well, mm -hmm. getting those WhatsApp messages that night and the following morning. and. Obviously, things cleared up for him and, and he continued in hospital, but there was some issues of him going to a... Oh, he sort of switched between hospital and rehab there for a bit and he did have a little period home and had to go back. Was that correct? Yes. He he went... Once he got over the, the infection, he went to a rehab ward for a while. Mm -hmm. And um, then we had some battles because the system wanted to shove him out. Mm -hmm. And with actually no preparation for oh yes being i remember home. that and and i mean when you know i was i really climbed into them because it's like my mum's in her 70s she's only five foot nothing she can't be lifting him and no, moving, no. moving him ar around well, um, and it'd be a two-person lift anyway so yes. you know mm -hmm. how, how could we expect her to do it on her own exactly exactly, exactly. And, and I mean, so anyway, we, we got things sorted to a certain level and um, he got home and um, they said that they would give us support and it would come and it would come. But when he got home, he needed to go to the toilet to do number twos mm. and he couldn't get up and get out of the chair mm. to go. Mum couldn't lift him. And mum's ringing me all upset because dad's sitting in the chair and he's bawling his eyes out. Yeah. yeah. Poor you guy. Know. 
and and I'm thinking this is the way our system treats old people. Yeah, it's despicable, isn't it? It is. Yeah. We're now back on track, but he has yeah. been yeah. back and forth in hosp into hospital. But what has happened is, unfortunately, the break hasn't healed. Mm. Yeah. Um, Which you only found out about recently, is that correct? Yes, mm. yes. Um, he's got a whole bunch of metal um, basically holding that part of the leg together. It's fr his knee is the fattest knee you've ever seen because it's absolutely full of screws and, yeah. and, bits, and bits and pieces. And then the metal goes right up the side to the hip. Wow. Jeez, he's been damaged, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And mm. um, they they said that um, because he's got other health issues and that every time he has an episode of something, so he's been back in hospital because he's had mm. a fluid on the lungs and he's been back because he's had another urine infection. Mm. And that, he takes a step backwards, but then... Yeah. My typical daddy bounces back again, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. Yeah. But um, he's been quite stable at the moment at home for several weeks, but he can't really go far. He can't walk far and he can't get out of the house because um, he's not able to sort of tackle the front steps that well. Mm. And the way the house is situated Putting a ramp in is not going to work. They won't get the right gradient right, for a ramp sure. yeah. for, for him, which is a bit unfortunate. Mm. Just goes but, to show that, you know, normal things happen despite corona. You know, people's mm. um, people get sick, relationships come and go, and, you know, shops have to do what they do, and, and life goes on. Cleaning has to be done. People need to be looked after. People go into hospital, etc. They do. Mm. Yeah. Mm. As well as mm. the overhead of corona. Yeah. And, and, I mean, the reality is for us, if he does get any worse, um, it is going to have to be residential care, and he's not going to like that. So that's going to be a tough time if, if yeah. that comes to that. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. So um, lockdown was stressful. <laughs> so it seems, but then May came along, and, you know, I remember saying here that we may even leapfrog each other with, you know, you coming out yeah. earlier than us or we coming out earlier than you. And, of course, in Australia, we've got different states doing different things. In New Zealand, generally, it's the country doing the one thing except for now. Um, so we came out uh, in New Zealand, and I kept on saying, oh, hotel free all over. But um, there was a roadmap yeah. out. What was that like? Yes, we came out um, slowly, but by we went for level three for a, a short period of time. So that was basically the same as level four, only um, hospitality businesses could do your, Take your away. takeaways. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, Uber Eats uh, and came that back. sort of. Um, no, they didn't actually come back until. Oh, okay. A little bit later. About a week or so. I think, I think they were waiting two. to see. Oh, okay. Well, because a lot of businesses that were associated with Uber Eats chose not to oh, okay. Reopen. Pay, yeah. pay, pay the fee to them and, and that sort of thing. So mm. it, did, it came back a bit later. But what was nice was there was a very big push for people to shop local, do local things with businesses. Mm -hmm. And a lot of publicity on the local Facebook page and that around if people needed help or support or services... I mean, during lockdown, um, it was the season for one of my favourite fruits called a feijoa, which is, oh, yes. is 
You might want to explain native what South that is. American fruit. It's a native South American fruit. Um, it's green on the outside and it has sort of a whitey greenish interior and it can be a bit acidy or it can be quite sweet. Um, and I love them with ice cream. Yes, yes, they are. Fijaras with ice yeah, cream, and, yes. And, and you can use them to, instead of making a banana cake, you can use fijoas and make fijoa cakes okay. and muffins yep. and, and that sort of thing too. And um, I thought I was going to miss out on my fijoas, but then a, a local woman posted on the local Facebook page, I've got umpteen fijoas, anybody <laughs> want them? Oh, look. Private message me. <laughs> so I did. I gave her my address. Next thing I get a knock on my door and then a message, bag hanging on your door. <laughs> so I go out my front door and sure enough, there is the biggest cloth bag, absolutely chocker full of features. Uh, <laughs> you know, when I was working at the Blind Foundation, you go and see various clients around about that March, late March, May, uh, April, May time, and they would be literally ordering you to take their fijoas because they had millions yeah. of them. One or two fajoa trees in the backyard. That's it. You had to go with fajoas, and I got stuck with them. If I didn't eat them, you, you don't. You don't buy them in New Zealand. <laughs> no. because they, they cost. You, they cost an arm and a leg. So you just you get just them off your friends. Someone that, yeah, you find someone that knows someone who's got a tree. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Basically, you got fajoas laid on. Doesn't matter where yeah. you are in the North Island. I suppose yeah. they're in the South as well, but they're definitely all. Over. No, they're not. So oh, they're much not. Yeah, different climate, um, had, different terrain. Um, yeah, well, Lance, that we all know, often sort of messages, anybody in the north want to transport some Fijoas to the south? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any more questions from you, Mama Kaz? I do, actually, and it's one that I, I heard earlier on. I'm not sure who whose little interview it was, but I remember a lot of you talking about your guide dogs. Yeah. Me, yes. being, me being an animal lover, etc., and have, have good old Buddy, who I think he'd like to be a bit of a guide dog some days, but he's, you know, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> Would be if he could be. Getting out and about with your dogs, and I remember hearing too that some of them did get together and had a little bit of a play because, you know, they could. Um, did any of the guide dogs, now that you sort of come out and everyone's out and about a lot more, did they need any extra, um, a bit of extra training or um, reassurance that, uh, hey, guys, you, you guys are guide dogs, you're not pets. Did they get a little bit spoilt maybe in the lockdown? Um, because they obviously weren't um, going to where they were meant to be going and, um, you know, home, you're all home. So, you know, yeah. you, you were, yeah, just a little bit, a little bit naughty. Did they come Not out and all right, let's go, we know what to do. We really expect us to go out now. Did they put on the way? Well, um. I, not amongst the friends that I know, we didn't have too many problems, but a few of us, our dogs did put on weight, but it wasn't mm. because they weren't getting the exercise. Um, it was interesting. I had noticed that Imogen was putting on weight and she had a vet checkup not long before lockdown. Mm. And um, I noticed during lockdown that Imogen appeared to have put on a bit of weight and the way that we can tell that, of course, is when you're grooming the dog and touching the dog and it's like, mm, yeah. you can't feel your ribs like I used to and all that, so, uh -huh. all yes. that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. a friend of mine posted on Facebook that her guide dog was doing much better now that he changed his diet. And I got curious. So I messaged her and I said, what was your dog eating? 
and she came mm. back and said the same food that Imogen was on. And I thought, oh, now that's interesting because they actually changed the recipe. Mm. Imogen was having food for what was for a supposedly a sensitive stomach. And then mm. the company combined their sensitive stomach formula with their sensitive skin formula. Oh. And that was the change. And um, so I messaged my guide dog instructor and I said, my friend's dog has put on the same amount of weight that Imogen's put on. They've both been on this food. Could it be this food that's causing mm. Imogen's trouble? Like the other dog. My instructor came back and said, yes, that's possibly what it is. You better change it. So I changed it. Thankfully, I was able to order the dog food during <laughs> lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and she's been much better since. But the dogs have got bored. Imogen got yeah, bored. Yeah. Um, mm, while that I said by some handlers. Yeah, or while I took her for daily walks each day, it, it gets a bit more yeah. than enough. It's, it gets it's, a bit boring doing the same route, doesn't well, it? Well, I mean, it, okay, I will go left, well, yeah. left today mm. and do, do it this way. Right tomorrow mm. and do it that way. That's no fun. I know I'm going to do left the next day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, Imogen to describe her, um, her instructor describes her as a destination dog. Oh, right. She, mm. she, knows she gets re yeah. yeah. She gets really excited going somewhere, but if she's heading back home, she's like, oh, "Is that it? Yeah. We're yeah. not going anywhere else." Mm. Um, and that, that's what the, the destination style dogs do. So just a simple walk around the block wasn't going to mm -hmm. cut it with. Mm -hmm. and, and to get destructive at all. I mean, I know they're, they're dogs at the, at, the, at the end of the day, aren't they? So, yeah. um, you know, have, having not being able to do what they're trained to do, they're bored. You know, did you find that she was doing anything with, you know, did she have any accidents or, you know, anything out of the, the, the norm for what she would have been, should or should have been doing? No, she's she's actually very placid natured, and um, no, there was no accidents. But you'd, you'd hear the mm, or I'm bored, and yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I would take take her outside on yeah. the lead and just let her sniff or whatever, not put the harness on, and just yeah. you know, normally I wouldn't let her go sniffing at different things. But it's like, well, hell, you know, she's not able to do much else, so yeah. she can go and. And um, that, I would try and you. try and play with her and spend a bit more yeah. time, but um, it was like a an extended bonding session. Basically, yeah, <laughs> we always have to remember, don't we? Whatever <laughs> reason they're trained for, um, it, it, you know, they're they're always a dog, aren't they? So they um, are. Yeah, yes, they're, they're dog, allowed yeah. to be a little bit sensitive yeah. as well. And and, well, and what's going on? Why are you home? And why, or yes. why aren't so many people visiting? Or yeah, again, why are we and, going and why, to London, right? Why, why aren't we going there? And yeah, and they, they would, they, they. I mean, I look, you've only got it. We, we actually have to spell with Buddy here, you know, because hmm. as soon as he hears, you know, the keys, or you know, are we going somewhere? Or I mentioned other friends that have got other dogs. I can't even mention their names to him because he thinks we're going mm. to see them. So. You know, they know all those little cues. They know when you, you pick your, they know when you put your jacket on. They know when you put your shoes on yep. in the morning. Oh, yep. you're going out, you know. Might be going for something. Uh -huh. yep. well, well, it, well, it was like um, Imogen was like, well, why can't I see my boyfriend? 
know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he likes Western over yeah. at uh, Martin's yeah, place, doesn't he? So little Mitzi, he loves little Mitzi, but like, thankfully he has been able to see her because they do go to the mm. park together. But yeah, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard. It, you know, we just don't realise that how many, how many times or how many little things it affects so many little. Uh, like it affects people, babies, you know, babies that are used to going to the park. Mm. Why are you home, Dad, all the time? Why, you know, why can't mm. we go there? Why mm. can't we go to the supermarket anymore? Um, yeah, um, exactly. You know, I was going yeah. to mention something to Karen the other night when she when she phoned up and we had a little chat with Emily. Um, you know, little, mm. ba- little babies, it's not so hard because at the moment they don't know any different. Um, and it's <laughs> probably easier on some of the little ones. That, um, mm. yeah. I've never gone to the park. What are you talking about? What's a park? So, um, mm. and anim- animals mm. would be exactly the same. You know, they're, they're, used yep. to mm. out. they're used to times, you know, they're used to your routine in the morning. Yeah. Oh, they, 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 they definitely are. They're used to what time you go to bed, you know. Mm. Um, and well, well, to give you an example, this morning I forgot to set the alarm clock last night. And this morning um, Imogen comes and wakes me up and I'm like, I ask the... Uh, echo what time it was and sure enough it was the time the alarm should have gone off so I, I mean I've mm-hmm. always said my guide dog is a good alarm clock but when we recorded the Gary and Martin interview I think that was the first time after we came out of our lockdown that um, Imogen was out and able to play with her other oh, dogs. Oh, was it? I thought it was one of the second times, but maybe it was only the first. No, time. Was, I know you were a, all in. They the, were playing in another room, weren't they? Yeah, yeah it was the I first do. time. It was the first time after we came out of level four, at least, because I'd been there before oh, okay. level four. But then mm. that was the first time because, and I know that because right. Martine had gone out the night before, and it was their first mm. outing with Lara and Tiwi for I think it was last birthday. Sure. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Who have also been on this show? Yes. Lauren T. White. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so yeah. Um, so th- that was one of the, the let your hair down moments when we did. That's your ha- let the hair down moment is to get out and let the guide dogs have a play. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember the interview like who you interviewed, but I do remember it coming up and how that yeah she was able to have a, a you know a first play with with some of the other guide dogs and I thought I can just imagine them thinking going how how much how naughty can we really be. You know, um, and trying to <laughs> oh. trying to trying to picture them all. This would have been so exciting. You put a group of guide dogs together, and they're like a group of um, toddlers going nuts. <laughs> and imagine, mm. imagine look, they're not looking; they're blind. Let's go and yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, talk amongst themselves quick. You know, so um, no, that would have that would have been good. Well, I'm glad she's. But the weight, the weight, the food thing. So you didn't mm. have any, you didn't they didn't tell you that the food had changed that they they put them together. Oh, we, we knew that the food had changed because they told us that was happening because we had to do the when you change a dog's diet you have to gradually change it Absolutely. over. Absolutely the same with you. Mm. I'm having the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. And, yes, we've got an so issue we, with the cat food not being available that, here. Yeah. No one was aware that the change in the recipe was going to have the effect that it did, mm. but guide dogs didn't let us know that this was mm. occurring and it was only that people started communicating and we're like oh and, and then, oh, yeah. oh yes it has happened to some other dogs yeah. that could be the yeah. and i'm like <sighs> oh well, i'm glad you got that sorted anyway we can't we can't have a tubby guide dog 
No. 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 Absolutely not. How old yeah. is she? She's nine now. Which oh, there is really you go. Yeah. She, she yeah. doesn't need to be putting on any extra weight in the, in the later years, does she? No. 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 Oh, and, and I mean, the interesting thing too is once the restrictions came off, we were able to go and see Dad again. Yes, at, oh, of course. Tell us about that. But it, it, mm. it, in the beginning, it was only one person per patient, one visitor. Right. At, oh, that's right. You were waiting downstairs yes, or something, weren't well, you? Mm. Mum wasn't driving at the time, and mm. um, we had the free taxis. So I said to her, I'll take you and I'll wait downstairs while you go upstairs and visit him. So mum would buy me a cup of coffee. I'd play on the internet downstairs on the free Wi-Fi at the hospital. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) While she went to visit dad. And it got to a point after a couple of weeks and she said to them, look, this is ridiculous. She said, my daughter's Mm. sitting downstairs having a cup of coffee. Can she come upstairs too with me? You know? And, Mm. And they said, Oh, yes, I suppose that's all right. And mum said, well, she has got a guide dog as well. And then, <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, that's all right. <laughs> well, they can't discriminate because as far as I'm aware, guide dogs don't get coronavirus. No, no. But, no. Um, but she became very popular with the staff anyway. <laughs> yeah. We're coming up on time. Any more questions before the lighter moments? Yeah. Karen? Me? No, no. I think I think the dog one was, was, was one, of, one of my big questions because obviously there's a lot of you with guide dogs. So, again, you know, you're talking amongst some of the others working out that there mm. was a weight, weight issue, um, mm. that, you know, the good communication between you mm. all, um, yep. which, which isn't, isn't, isn't even just a, a sighted thing or a blind thing because if you're not told or you don't realise, you, you know, I could go into the store and, Pick up a packet of dog food, and not realise that they've they've changed the re- re- recipe, um, and be wondering the same thing. So um, communication mm. may be a bit different with, with some blind people in that situation because we just rely on looking at it. You would then, yeah, um, again. Well, they get their food delivered. And, uh, and yeah. you know, you're asking more questions, possibly where we're relying on looking at something. So um, I'm just glad that the, the dogs are all okay. You know, we're we're big 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 animal lovers here. Um, you know, and I know how important they are to to people, whether they're a working dog or or just a you know a, a family pet. Oh, so, I mm. I guess I was I was fortunate um, to have friends who had guide dogs when I was considering getting one at that mm. stage, and I actually pestered them and asked them a lot of questions. So I actually went into having a guide dog with my eyes wide open. Um, yep. And and pun, the no- yeah and the knowledge, and <laughs> it's continued on. We, we've kept that connection and that friendship. And I mean, it's quite fun telling my friends I'm organising a play date for my dog, and they're going, oh, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, yeah, well, it's no different to having a child. I mean, the Absolutely. dogs need to have play need to play yeah. too. And so. how many guide dogs have you had, Caroline? This is my first. Well, this is your first. Yeah, uh, this was my special. first. Because you've actually had usable vision like I yes, have I, I had, prior to that. I had yep. usable vision up until 2011. And yep. I don't know, uh, Mama Kaz, if you believe in coincidence or mm. destiny or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, my retinal condition occurred 
on the 18th of August 2011, the very date Imogen was born. Oh wow! There you go. Yeah, wow. I, would, I would think that that's that's yeah. And and I um, applied for the guide dog a year uh, for a dog a year later, and then waited twelve months, and I yeah. got her. And when I found out the oh, date that she beautiful. was born, I was um, like, "She was your yeah. wow, yeah. destiny! What a special yeah. girl! What a special bond!" Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so, it's her birthday. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow, that's How a lovely that? story. I like wow. hearing stories like that. Yeah. Mm. Did your vision go all? All at once. Oh, um, well, I it was relatively quick, though, wasn't I, it? I lost the vision in my left eye in my twenties. Um, I yep. got acute glaucoma, and the pressure was so high, basically an artery burst in surgery. When I uh, had, I know my, about that. Yeah, when I <laughs> had the, the tribulectomy yes. surgery and an artery yeah. burst, and that's how I lost that the vision in that eye. Um, mm. This other one, I was, I thought I was having a cornea rejection because I'd had corneal transplant and I mm. know I knew the symptoms of a rejection but when I got to the hospital and they said mm -mm, don't move don't go anywhere your retina has mm. detached uh -oh. and it had actually detached 360 degrees around and was just hanging on by the center Whoa. so if it, if it had gone that would have been lights out completely but mm. um, I woke up, and as a result, I've got light perception, so I can tell when it's light and dark, um, yep. and where the windows are in a room, and that sort of thing. If the lights on, mm. but no, de mm. no detail, and no detail. I can yep. see some colours like your bright, bright greens and reds, which the like the bright green cardigan, well, the sort of nice green yeah. cardigan we got in Brisbane, exactly. And all the mm. textbooks tell. The ophthalmologists, those are the colours you shouldn't be able to see. And as my ophthalmologist said, <laughs> I'm throwing the textbook away. Yep, oh, Fair enough. <laughs> I would have thought you would have seen those, given you've got red, green and blue cones on your retina, wow. but anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, evidently the, they reckon that the red and the green is, is the first to go. But both <clears throat> myself and mm. I know of several others who have had... Um, light detection and some colours and some that have eventually lost the colours they said red and green was actually the last to go well there you so, go it just depends on the person yeah. and you depends on the condition book, Carolyn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something to do yes yes i've thought about that often but i've never actually knuckled down to do it hmm. mm. well wow. it's been an interesting you're listening to the Kiwi and the Emu with Mama Kaz Lonsdale, myself Elise Lonsdale, interviewing Carolyn Pete, and we'll be back with more in a moment. It's the lighter moments. We're still here with Carolyn. Mm -hmm. This is when we really get to know people, hey, as we've often said. <laughs> now that I wonder if Karen's got any more of her written questions. Wow, well, I mean, Auckland got to level one and then went back to level 2.5. Well, I know. So what's this 2.5 business? So three business. What's happening now? Because we've talked about really what happened up until, um, you know, May, etc. Well, a, f a few weeks ago, um, they discovered a cluster um, of cases that originally were possibly connected to Americol, which is a frozen goods company here in Mount Wellington in Auckland. They mm -hmm. weren't sure how 
it got there. Um, but it appears that the cluster has got quite large because um, it's, it also um, ended up going through a large Pacific Island church here in Auckland and okay. through the yep. Pacific yep. Island community. So the government chose to basically <clears throat> close Auckland off from the rest of the yes. country to try and contain yep. it. Uh, and keep those Jaffas well away from everybody, I suppose. Lock those Jaffas in. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, of course, Auckland's a very narrow strip of land um, mm. centred between two harbours. So it's actually mm-hmm. not that difficult to lock us off. But what it effectively did was close Northland off and yep. the Waikato off. They couldn't get to each other unless they mm. flew over. Auckland. Flew over Auckland, yeah. Because <laughs> you couldn't go through. Um, so we went to level three. So we went back down to just essential services and social distancing and no school mm. for a few weeks. Did you keep mm. Uber Eats? Sorry? Did you keep Uber Eats? Yes, <laughs> we did this time. <laughs> yep. Got to get yes. the priorities right here, guys. We, we, we did. And... Um, and then uh, it's opened up just this week. The children have gone back to school and they've put us into level 2.5. And what the difference is that the rest of the country can have social gatherings of up to 100 people. Uh, mm-hmm. But we can't in Auckland. We can, so it's not quite Aotoa free all over at the moment. No, we can only have up to 10 unless it's for a funeral or tangihanga, which is the Maori form of a funeral, you can yep. have a maximum of 50 people right. at the moment. And um, we're hoping that's going to change. We're supposed to hear on the 6th of this month, whether it's changing or not. Um, but things seem to be settling down and they're able to contain what's going on, but that's why they did what they did. Yep. And, we're, and well, the difference now is we are wearing face masks on public uh, transport. What, all the time or just on public transport? They're saying to wear them when you're out in mm. areas where there's large crowds. So mm. if you're going to, say, a shopping mall or a supermarket or anywhere like that to wear your face masks and wear them on public mm-hmm. transport. Yep, yeah. fair enough. And most people are complying with that quite, quite A-OK. Oh, mm. not like, yeah. mm. I wonder if we'll come out in 3.5, 3... 2.5 yeah. 2 we haven't we haven't had that option yet but you know no. yeah it's but interesting interestingly that though i mean i've been i've worn my face mask a couple of times just w- walking through to mums and that because people are out walking and they've got them on and so i've worn it to try it out and while i don't feel the breeze on the lower half of my face because of wearing the face mask I noticed something and I wondered if it was just me or psychological or whatever, but it was really quite weird. And I mentioned it today on the group release that Mm. my light perception seemed to be reduced when I had the mask on. Because Mm. walking along, I could tell if there was a white fence or a pale colored fence or a dark fence at a property. But when mm-hmm. I had the face mask on, I didn't wasn't able to do that as easily. 
Now, this comes back to something that Karen Plimmer, your sister-in-law, and I have discussed on numerous of occasions because she's got no eyes. Mm. And we know for a fact she can sense light. Yes, she can. Yeah. Yep, we know that for a fact. Mm. Yeah, yes, she can. Um, and I've often talked about the face – well, I've talked about facial awareness. I've talked about spatial awareness on here, and mm. I've talked about, you know, knowing – which is why I don't really want to do it. But you can sense – uh, light. I, I can sense light on the left-hand side of my face where I have no organic real eye. Yep, I but can if, do that too, where I've, yep, got no, and, I've got no light perception in that eye at all, and I yep. can sense, because it's the brain compensating. It's the brain con- compensating, but they, they have been speculation, which is what you know we've talked about with Karen as well, uh, where there, there is some sort of light receptors in the skin in and around mm. the, well, Around the around where the eyes are, and that would I guess extend to you know the cheekbones where your would mask would go and cover the your nose etc. Um, so it's interesting that you made that uh, observation. Very interesting indeed. Well, it's also interesting because I've had customers at dining in the dark sitting there, mm. and they felt quite comfortable, and they said they could almost. It's, they said they almost feel as if it's not dark anymore for some reason. Yeah, I know. And, and it's very different looking at the dark from my left eye to my right eye too, by mm, the way. Yeah. When you're in, dining in the dark. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it's, it's quite interesting the, the, the things the brain can do to compensate mm. for something else. Mm, mm. Well, I remember sitting uh, in front of a computer when I was back at Mount Waverley and... Um, the computer was on the coffee table and I was sitting on the floor near the heater. It was a little laptop computer. And I was looking away from it with my right eye and cut the computer out of my field of view. Um, so I couldn't see the computer, but I could tell when the screensaver cut in. And I looked around and sure enough, the screen was blank. So work that one out. Face masks um, can have an interesting effect on people who are not relying on their sight all the time or, or at least they well we see the world in a different way really yeah. don't we you've got only light perception i've got less than 10 percent vision corrected um and so on and so forth so they will have an interesting effect and we should talk about it more on this show and mm. um, it, it was also I'm, one of the other things about lockdown that i i actually found quite amusing and laughed was for the first time ever I, as a blind person, had the upper hand against my sighted peers, especially those that weren't used to using Zoom. Oh, and, yes, and you yes, had people yes. fumbling around and going, oh, don't, I know. don't bother looking for the button, just do this. Alt A to mute your audio if you're on a Windows box or a Alt, Alt V to turn off and on your video. Oh, by the way, it's, con- it's Command Shift if you're on the Mac. And, of course, when I went to Apple users and it did the same thing there, introduced Zoom to them. Yeah. I was sitting there, I was getting frustrated, thinking, all these people are looking for these icons and different picking around with the mouse, and I'm going, just use the bloody hotkeys. Yeah. But, yeah. but also the other thing I liked was in Toastmasters, we have a voting process for yep. different roles that people have held on that particular night in the meeting. And mm-hmm. if I'd wanted to vote when we were at a physical club, most of the time I'd have to get someone to write it down on the piece of paper for me and pass it along. Yes. With Zoom, of course, we were able to use the polling thing yeah. and function, and I was able to vote independently, mm. which was fantastic. I've, I've, yep. actually, I've actually heard a lot of, a lot of 
stories about Carolyn. So um, <laughs> a, a little bit of inside information, I guess you could call. Um, yes. Absolutely. And that you um, and that you had a birthday early this week, of course. Um, yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, so I think everybody I know now except my older children, <laughs> my younger children, sorry, we've all had our birthdays. All my friends have all had their birthdays. All in lockdown, no party. Yes. We've missed out yeah. on 50th birthdays. We've missed out on an 80th birthday. I've missed out on a 70th birthday. Um, yes. My dear friend, Irene, who I cleaned for, her mum was 105 on Saturday in aged mm. care, of course. Um, so, um, you know, not being able to have a weird, you know, big party for her, which, which, which is sad. But, you know, look, at the end of the day, we're here and um, it's, got to, it's got to get better. Um, it, and and hopefully by Christmas, of course, and summer and holidays. Um, I think I hope so because I got some friends that have got some big O birthdays next year, and we want to be able to have big parties for those. Oh, I think so. Yeah, we've and I'm always we've, we've given up Mother's Day, Anzac yeah. Day, and Father's Day now. Yeah, and I don't care know. whose party it is. You got to have cake. So um, you know, of course you yep. do. And I think mm. this year everybody, everybody's birthday is just a little bit special. So um, yeah. And I'd like to be, you know, I'd like to be in Queensland maybe for my next one because I was meant to be mm. in Queensland for this one. So um, mm. hopefully um, the weather's better. Hopefully we don't have to wear masks everywhere when it's 30 degrees because yes. I'll tell you right now it won't be happening. That um, won't, that won't no. happen. It'll be sweaty and horrible oh, and, sweaty and, and horrible will now. cause more germs than, than it saves. Yep. I think I think there's going to come a time where they're just going to have to say, okay, that's it. We're going to have to get back to some Normal. form of normality because we can't let it rip. Yeah, yeah. We we, we can't just to, keep going yeah. back and forth. We've done the lockdown thing. We've yeah. behaved like good little minions, Absolutely. and <laughs> we've tried plan B, C, D. You know how many plans can there be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's only so many shots in the locker, as we've often said on here. Yeah. Yep. And there's so many people rebelling, and they're just always going to rebel. So, a lot of the problem is the way they're talked to. You know, we we had this discussion on here before the the queen, you know, the queen, the New Zealanders rather have done it rather well. Team New Zealand. But see, yes. I, don't have, uh, I don't have a problem with the way we've been told. I just, oh, I think we've know, been told abysmally. It doesn't make me want to go, mm. go out and rebel and, you know, go to the... Oh, I'm not going to do yeah, that. Go out and go to has... a rally and go out and deliberately do something. I think no. some people have never been told no before and just want to go oh, out. Yeah. They've got nothing better to do and just want to cause trouble and get on TV and, you know, cause trouble at Bunnings and, you know... Oh, that silly lady the other week, yeah. kilometres to Maccas and, you know, those sorts of... They're just testing themselves, so let them do... Why go 20 kilometres to Maccas when you can probably just go five because there's so many Maccas? Absolutely. (laughs) People just need to pull their heads in and maybe just, you know, just... We're, we're nearly there now, and let's just. I think we're nearly there for this round. I think, yeah. you know, the, the majority yeah. of people have done the right thing. You know, absolutely. And I think so. I think so. Yeah, they have. Above, but it's just those yes. few idiots. Mm. You know, look, Queensland were really good until those, till those other girls, you know, deliberately, you know, knew they had mm. it. Deliberately went to places in Melbourne, went to Sydney, mm. went to Queensland. You know, those mm. kind of people mm. have really got a lot to answer to. So. We we can't be we we can't all put our lives on hold for a couple of idiots that want to do that. No, um, no. you know we need to get back out there and. Um, well, we do because we have you know as you said parties to have, kids to have. You know, you know absolutely. Um, schools, life to lead, life, 
life is meant to be enjoyed, you know. It, life's hard enough as it is. <laughs> cool, obviously, as well, too, you know, them wanting to keep the preppies down. Well, if you're going to keep preppies down, you have to keep everybody down. Well, everybody needs to be assessed on their own, what they've been able to do. I've got a friend here, um, Elise knows Colleen, who's look, who, you know, now looks after her beautiful yeah. grandchildren. Yeah. Um, yes. One's actually got high-functioning autism and the other one's just a normal six-year-old little boy. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Tyler is doing amazingly better at home to the point where she's not even she's thinking of not, not sending him back to school ever. Mm-hmm. That, that's the um, one with autism. This is your boy with the autism. He's not having to deal with bullies yeah, yep. at school. He's not having to deal with. Yep. Yep. I've, yep. I've, yep. Heard, I've heard of um, some kids with with with, with yeah. different needs actually functioning better. He's really, yeah. he's excelled. And this is yeah, he gets, this is going to be highlighted in episode thirty-two. Not this episode, when we get Josh and Kate Grogan on here, they've agreed to come on. We would do it this weekend if Carolyn had the data, but we can't. Uh, We will do it after we've done Narissa and Ian, and we're going to talk about that very thing. So thanks for bringing it up, Karen. Because of the social thing, obviously, with the autism, and he has excelled. He gets his work done first thing in the morning. Of course, Axel's little brother's like, don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. I want to go to school. I want to go to school. I want to see my friend, you know. So, um, yeah. I think every child needs to be um, looked at very, very well separately. Individually, if you can. That's that's why Um, they've said here they haven't made it returning to school absolutely compulsory because they've Mm. appreciated that in some cases it may not work for various reasons. But also, Mm. interestingly enough, one of the high school's down in South Auckland said a large proportion of their senior students didn't return to school and the reason was that their families, the main income earner had been made redundant, lost their job because of lockdown Mm -hmm. and the teenagers were able to pick up work in bits and pieces so they were becoming the main support for the family. Wow. Yep. So they yeah. probably won't want to go back to school. And that was the thing Maddie struggled with yep. too because in that last mm. term was, oh, you know, I, I can't finish. I may as well just go and get a job. But then Maddie, mm. you yeah. get a job and you get used to having that money, you won't want to go back to school. And that's exactly what mm. happened to me. I was actually willing to go back to school about six months after I left. But mm. I got mm. used to having the money. Got used to having the money. You do. Oh, yep. yeah. You do. So I feel I feel really feel for the kids. I really do. It's yeah. um Hopefully, you know, look, we're, we're September now. We're nearly there. 2020, look, it started off really good. I actually quite enjoying writing 2020. It had quite a little easy little swirl to Yeah, ride. Mm. we had Australia Day and down here. It started and... easy and I went to the yep. island and um, yeah, it started mm. off really good, you know, and I was making some money and bang, mm. bang, bang. Talk about, yeah, so... Um, just uh, just a, a footnote to that. Um, I remember coming down here for Australia Day and uh, there was an... A, sort of somewhat uh, spurious article in the news about some virus that they'd they'd had in Melbourne and the Australians had figured out the genome of that virus that very weekend and was going to give it around the world and I'm going, oh, what's this virus? Some corona thing? Oh, I'm glad the the Aussies have figured it out. Good, let's hope this doesn't get out of hand and Mm -hmm. that was the first I heard about, well, what we now know as the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which is... A markup on the SARS the virus, of course, which causes the um, co- um, COVID-19 disease, colloquially referred to as coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll update it and call it now COVID COVID-20. Is it just it's? No, because it's the when that when it was discovered. Yes, it was actually I, I discovered do, in do December 2019. 
I do actually remember yeah. hearing about it before Christmas, and it was just some sort of virus that was happening up in China at that point. China, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And it was in animals at that stage. It wasn't going to leapfrog over to humans. Mm. Wow. Yeah, bit, wow, what happened? Yeah, well, if you want to believe that story. Mm. <laughs> what happened there? What, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, say, apparently China didn't tell the World Health Organization officially until New Year's Eve. Mm. So, and there have been cases of it in France in November mm. 2019. Mm. That yeah. Being able to check the uh, post mortems of people who yeah. passed away mm. um, from that mm. period. Yeah, France I, my, was I'm, really, really quite hard by it. Yeah. It was. Mm. Mm. And I've always maintained And their that, lockdown you know, was really strict. They weren't even allowed outdoors. Yeah, I know. And mm. some of the ones in England weren't even allowed in their front gardens as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, thanks, Carolyn. It's been great to have you being interviewed this time and yet another family member coming in on it. We're going to have to nab one of your family members one day. Well, you've already had my fam- some of oh. my family. Yeah, but you? not as interviewing. Yeah. Yes, we, we have. We've had Karen and Murray. Yes. 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 It was back in one of the earlier episodes. Yes. So that was, it was really good. But anyway, thanks for your take on the lockdowns because it's, it's just everyone's got a story to tell and um it's 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 great that you were with us so thanks for that and mama kaz thank you for joining me oh, my pleasure thank you for having me it was fun you're welcome we'll be back with more in a moment it's the conclusion time our next episode is going to be a special one more family by the way and it's going to be Karen's and my Narissa and, and Auntie Narissa and Uncle Ian, our Auntie and Uncle who aren't, and we'll explain that in their next episode. They are coming on the show. We've all got those, haven't we? <laughs> we all do. Our aunties and uncle, our Auntie and Uncle who aren't. And I'm going to have a bit of indulgence because I've already got the audio down from my um, from my colourful journey speech that's up on my YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and we'll put a bit of that through the interview. And what we're going to do is we're going to interview them next Tuesday because we can't do it this weekend, sadly. But that's episode 31, and hopefully we'll get the Grogan family in for episode 32 with Josh and Kate. So a few goodies coming up, guys. Stay tuned for those next episodes because they're going to be some rippers. Typically, well, we've discussed the Jaffa thing, haven't we, today, Carolyn? We have. <laughs> Yes, Australians and New Zealanders, we love each other, but you know the deal. If you pick on one, you pick on two, the Kiwi and the Hemu.